0: Shanna, I know you've talked to me about Negronis being like a a big deal in the in the bartending world you said you always have to ask a bartender to make a Negroni because it shows a lot about who they are as a bartender right you yourself are a bartender so I just wonder when was your first Negroni because there's always a first to be honest
1: with you I cannot remember I, I do not remember my first Negroni I'm sure it was when I was living in New York but I had Because I had been drinking them for a while when I moved out here in 2013. But I honestly can't remember. It was years ago. I do remember I had ordered a Mezcal Negroni on my first date with John. And we ended up drinking Negronis all night. And I remember impressing him with my Negroni order.
0: Mm. Um, but I think there's something there. Because I feel like Negroni is not a drink that everybody drinks the first time and walks away from loving it. No. There's a lot of... I've seen... A lot of returned Negronis. A lot of half-drank Negronis. So it's, you know, I think when you find someone that has that palate, there's a certain kind of,
1: you feel... You feel kindred.
0: Yeah. You're like, oh, you get me.
1: Yeah, exactly. Let's drink this
0: thing no one else wants to drink. Exactly. Do you remember your first Negroni? I do, because I was one of those people who was like, what is this? What have I ordered? And do I have to finish it? And I was 21. Like, I had just turned 21 it was like a sister's night out, and I'm the youngest of three girls. They're considerably older than I am. They're 14, 12 years older than I am. And I only mention that because they've been drinking longer. Right. So we actually went to Acote. In Oakland. In Oakland. So right on College Ave. And, you know, they started ordering drinks. And I remember being, and I was a senior in college at this point. So, you know, cheap beer. Malt liquor, frankly, was like my, <laughs> my drink of choice. Wine every now and then just because of my family. And I had seen a drink go by, and it was red, and it and it looked really like juicy, and I I don't really like sweet things, but I didn't think it was going to be bitter based on like the brightness of that color, because I'm sure it was Campari based. I really remember like a ruby. And I was like, what drink is that? It was a waiter who took our order. It wasn't at the bar. It was like, oh, that's a Negroni. I was like, oh, I'll have that. And I remember the look on their face being like, okay.
2: <laughs> and I just was like,
0: that's not... I'm cool like I've got this like this is not a big deal like I'm an adult and I remember getting it and taking a sip and being like oh no but I have to save face and just like drink this and, I, and then it was like I hate Negronis like I don't like them but yeah that was my first Negroni and I, I, to wrap it up I end up loving Negronis later in life. What changed that? I was living in Spain and I was with my godmother who's my aunt and her husband And he's Italian. And both of them as hosts are, I can't even explain it. They're just the kind of hosts that open up their home to you, feed you. They're elegant. They talk to you about politics, about their lives, which are insanely interesting. But he made us a Negroni, like a really strong Negroni. I don't think there was any mixing. But it was me, my godmother Isabel, my uncle uh, Maurizio. And Carl and I. And we were in this basement, to be honest, chain-smoking cigarettes, because that's how you do, and drinking Negronis. And I loved it. I don't know what changed in my palate. So this is like, this is only a year later. Hmm. I'm 22. Hmm. And then after that, like, he called it Negroni La Paganuzzi. And he did a Negroni where he would add orange juice. So he actually made it sweeter. Oh, okay. You know, Carl and I got married, like, a year ago. And we got two cocktails. And one was a margarita. And the other one was Negroni.
1: And you also probably have really positive food memories associated with Negroni's because of the experience in Spain.
0: It means something to Carl. Like, there's a story behind it. Like, we have good memories associated around Negroni's. Because then when we came back to the States, uh, to San Francisco specifically, like, we would order it. And, and we felt good about it. <laughs> well, cheers to that. Yeah. Welcome to The Prefix, a podcast about the intersection of food and drink. I'm Shanna Farrell. And I'm Christina Kim. We're the host of this new podcast, which will be debuting in fall 2017. During our regular season, each episode will be a full menu, complete with an amuse-bouche, aperitifs, first and second courses, digestives, and of course, recipes over on our website. We'll be taking one theme at a time,
1: secret handshakes, myths, colonization, writing, and exploring how that relates to both food and drink. Until then, we're doing a series of pop-ups.
0: Short episodes that will give you a taste of what we have in store for you.
1: Our very first prefix pop-up is all about Negronis, just in time for Negroni Week.
0: Is there anything better than a Negroni on a hot day? On a hot day, yes, but in life, no. If you're having a bad day, drink a Negroni. If you're having a good day treat yourself and have a Negroni. (laughs) Of course you think that we both love Negronis but I meet people all the time who don't even know what they are. So a Negroni is a cocktail traditionally made with gin,
1: sweet vermouth and Campari which is a bitter aperitif from Italy. Until recently it was a bit of an in-the-know drink and it's definitely an acquired taste. Negronis are an incredibly simple cocktail they're equal parts but they're also surprisingly easy to mess up. Bartenders often use Negronis as a litmus test for other bartenders who they don't know very well. If the Negroni tastes good, the bartender passes. If the Negroni is
0: bad, time to move on to the next bar. Shanna, this is just crazy to me. As a simple bar patron, I would just never think about the Negroni in this way. All right, well, let me give you an example.
1: Here's John Sander, the co-owner of Prizefighter in Emeryville, California, talking about making a Negroni to impress longtime San Francisco bartender Marco Dionysus when John was first getting a start bartending in the very early 2000s.
2: First drink I ever made for Marco was a Negroni. And I remember because he had ordered one, and I knew that drink, um, which was lucky, (laughs) because I knew like seven drinks. Um, And I was trying to find the Campari because nobody ever needed it. And I was looking for it, and Marco was like, uh, it's gin, sweet vermouth, and Campari. And I was like, oh, I know, I'm just trying to find the Campari. he was like, oh, okay.
1: The Negroni was once a make-or-break cocktail for getting a job. Todd Smith, who co-owns ABV in San Francisco, used to ask about the drink in job interviews. Here's John Sander again.
2: The Negroni was the drink that Todd told me he would ask people about in interviews. Like, if you knew drinks, if you claimed to know drinks, he would say, how do you make your Negroni? they said, what's a Negroni, we would know that they didn't actually know drinks. Um, Which is weird, because that drink is so, like, everybody knows what that drink is now, but that wasn't the case then. It was kind of more obscure.
0: For those of you just getting to know us, Shanna's been interviewing bartenders all around the West Coast. So she's had the opportunity to really understand how and why the Negroni became the ultimate litmus test.
1: This is Shanna Farrell with the Prefix, sitting down with bartender John Fragola. Thanks for joining us.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: John, you've been bartending in San Francisco for a few years. Where do you work?
2: I work at Beretta in the Mission, and I also work at the bar Bear vs. Bull within the Alamo Draft House, New Mission Theater, only a couple blocks away from Beretta.
1: You're pretty steeped in the Mission.
2: Yeah. I like <laughs> to make sure all my jobs are within a close, tight radius.
1: So both of these places are cocktail bars, where it's fair to say that you make a fair share of cocktails.
2: Definitely. I would call them both high-volume cocktail establishments.
1: Do you remember the first Negroni you ever had?
2: I do, but not clearly. I just remember that I had a really weird relationship with Campari growing up because when I was younger, my grandmother would drink Campari and sodas. And I, at that age, loved Ocean Spray cranberry juice. And my dad at one point was like, I'm, I'm busy making dinner. You make your grandmother a Campari and soda. I'm like, Okay. I pull out this bottle, and it's this bright, beautiful red liquid that is like this ocean spray cranberry juice I prize so much. And I take a pull out of the bottle, and then I don't think I touch the stuff for the next <laughs> 20 years. Um, but I can remember drinking Negroni at one point point, being like, oh, it's really not that bad.
1: Can you tell me a little bit about how you order Negronis?
2: I definitely like to respect the aperitivo level of that cocktail, as in, I'm not finishing up, like, a four-course meal and then putting down a couple Negronis, like, I'm getting into the place, you know, getting the vibe, feeling warming up, and let's get a Negroni going, get those stomach acids flowing, you know, get ready for the uh, oncoming storm. Uh, Usually, I pretty much always get them on ice. When I was starting out drinking Negroni, is I was very specific to the vermouths I liked with it, was always open to whatever gin, but I was like, I feel like the vermouth, helps me deal with the Campari, the Campari itself, the, the bitterness. But then as that's gone on, I kind of like just to see what different establishment spins are. So, you know, Hache over in the Castro used Spanish vermouth, some places use Carpano, some places use Dolan. And then it got to a point where I was like, I just appreciate the different nuances of the vermouths within the cocktail. So... Now it's wide open.
1: When you make your Negronis, how do you make them? What's your preferred recipe?
2: Um, I actually really enjoy like a one and a half, three quarter, three quarter. So that's one and a half ounce gin, three quarter vermouth, three quarter Campari. Um, and I mean, I used to be very like strict in the fact that I liked torino vermouth. But as, you know, my palate aged, I can appreciate, you know, the vegetalness of Dolan. Uh, Martini also has, I feel like, that component as well.
1: Okay, so you are at a bar. It's your first time there, and you order a Negroni because we're talking about Negronis as litmus tests. Yep. What are you looking for in a Negroni when a bartender makes one?
2: One thing I always consider is like, what are their qualifying questions? So if I just say Negroni and they say cool, and they hand me a red drink on an ice cube with an orange peel, I'm like, cool. Some places you go and like, oh you have a preference of gin and then usually default to like whatever's in the well because it's some decent London dry at, at best um and then you know sometimes I'll get asked if I want it up or on ice I think the default Negroni recipe is on ice but I usually like to take into account what they want to consider and then of course there's sometimes you go to a bar that's just too busy where you order a Negroni and you get a red drink on an ice cube with an orange peel and that's plenty fine by me
1: what's a bad Negroni taste like
2: I think one of the the keys is with how it is being served the care and the preparation so say it's a hot sweltering day outside and i order a negroni on ice and the guy ends up or gal ends up stirring it for over a minute you know that's going to be a pretty watery negroni only to have more water added to it down the line so it pretty much comes down to you know, do I want it up? Are you going to spend a little bit more time stirring it? Do I want it down? Are you going to kind of understir it just because you know it's going to open up? Um, so I'm very mindful of that. You know, if I'm with a buddy and we both order Negronis, but I want mine up and he wants his down, the bartender then stirs our Negronis for the exact same amount of time. That that doesn't work. It's not how that's supposed to go. So it's like just the little details.
1: Can you explain why that doesn't work?
2: Well, it doesn't work because uh, once you... Order a Negroni up, and serve it. You need to know that there is going to be no more dilution, no more water added to that cocktail. So it needs to be at a quality level of dilution. Whereas, I feel with drinks served on ice cubes, stirred spirituous drinks served on ice cubes, you can stand to under stir those a little bit. Stir it definitely, but
1: because you, water's going to be melting yeah, in drink.
2: This, yeah, especially if it's you know hot day out. It's a cold day. That might be something you want to consider. The dilution's going to leave, be a little bit slower with that ice cube. Are you putting it in a room temperature glass or a frozen glass? You know, that's... (laughs) You really want to get down to the nitty gritty. But then that also goes to the bottom line of the Negroni is a litmus test. Like, if I can't get a three ingredient cocktail, basic as they come, made well, then why should I try one of your house cocktails where you, you know, take unicorn tears and infuse that into wheat whiskey and then try to put that with chartreuse and... Lime cordial, you know, (laughs) who the hell even knows what the hell that is. That sounds horrible. I don't want it, but I'm definitely not going to want to try that one first.
1: Have you ever left a bar because you had a bad Negroni?
2: Definitely not a bad Negroni specifically, but I've left bars because I'm just like, these guys don't know what they're doing. Whether it be, you know, the one drink on ice, one up, same execution, bad service. But like I said, it's also (laughs) If you screw up a Negroni, you got to figure out what's going on with your training program. Mm-hmm.
1: For your ideal Negroni, mm-hmm. what are you... You said one and a half, three-quarter, three-quarter. What spirits are you using?
2: I feel like there's so many fun variations within the Negroni world. From spirit to what's vermouth your, what's to, your to bitter.
1: You walk in the door and walk you're like, I want a Negroni. What's what's your go-to?
2: Shit, man. I'll take a beef eater, Campari Dolan Sweet. I feel like that's... Pretty much my way to go. I typically always drink them on ice.
1: Okay, I'm going to do a lightning round with you real quick. So, first thing that comes to mind, we're going to start with gin. Gin. Plymouth or Beefeater? Beefeater. St. George, Botanivore or Terroir? Botanivore. Vermouth, Torino or Carpana? Torino. Torino or Dolan Rouge? Torino. Aperitifs, Campari or Capelletti? Campari. Campari or
2: Bruto? Campari. I love the both of those. I love and I love Bruto, but I, it's like that's a flavor that I got to be yeah. ready for. Someone's like, oh, well, we do ours with Bruto. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. You know, there's that alpine aspect that when you get it, it's like, hell yeah. I love this. I feel like I'm drinking this on the Andes.
1: Up on the rocks? Rocks. Orange or lime twist? Ugh. I mean, sorry, orange. <laughs> orange or lemon twist?
2: Uh, I'd say orange, lemon, and lime. I'm a glutton. No, just orange, please. Orange twist or Orange Half Wheel. Oh. now you're getting fancy. Yeah, I don't really give a shit, <laughs> I'm good either way. Um,
1: and lastly, any bars that you're hoping to check out during Negroni Week?
2: Uh, I need to double check the list, but I wonder if Wild Hawk is doing anything with their breakfast Negroni, or a new variation of such. I feel like Tosca and their Italian Roots, they're always rife for something interesting and fun, and Pagan or Smugglers, was going to do some really rad tiki grony stuff, which I think would always be cool. I mean, what's better than a Negroni on a big cube of Negroni on crushed ice? Negroni slurpee life.
1: Well, thanks so much, John, and keep living that Negroni slurpee
0: life. All this talk of making Negronis, I'm fucking thirsty. And it's high time, I think, I learned how to make one myself. Shanna, you're a long-time bartender. You game? Let's do this.
1: Okay, Christina, I'm going to teach you how to make a Negroni. Let's do it, Shanna. <laughs> okay, so the proportions, the traditional proportions for a Negroni are equal parts. So one ounce, one ounce, one ounce. It's going to be one ounce gin to one ounce Campari to one ounce sweet vermouth. You can change the proportions around depending if you're using gin. Uh, you can split things. You can use other things aside from Campari, other bitter aperitifs like capoletti or bruto americano Hmm. Um, you can try you can play around with different vermouths um, like spanish vermouths italian vermouths you can make negronis with things other than gin one of my favorite variations is a bourbon negroni or a rye negroni or even a mezcal negroni Um, but for our purposes today i'm going to start with gin so if you want to take the gin bottle and measure one ounce we're using plymouth gin you said we're using plymouth gin Traditionally, like, London Dry style to start with.
0: Okay. Wish me luck, Shanna. I feel like... You got this. I feel like I'm on it. I feel like I'm being tested. Okay. Perfect. Okay. And then if you just pour it in
1: here... So this is a separate... This is a mixing pitcher. Okay. So Negronis are stirred because they don't have citrus. Okay. And they're all spirit-based. And then um, anything with, like, citrus or milk or dairy is going to go into uh, tins.
0: Ah, Okay. Okay, and then you're gonna measure one ounce Campari. And tell me a little bit about Campari, because I'm always, I know I like sweet vermouth, you know, I'm Spanish, I like to sip on it, but like, I never understood really what the the bitter part was. Yeah,
1: Campari is a bitter liqueur. The Campari family is super old. How would you describe the flavor of Campari to someone who's never had it before? It's bitter. Campari is a bitter liqueur. It's an aperitivo. So usually it's drank before meals, so it's going to trigger your, like, salvatory glands to work. Whoa. So in Italy, usually how people drink is they'll have a cocktail before, whether that's, like, a Campari Spritz, which is Campari and soda, or Campari and um, wine and soda water, or if it's in a cocktail, like a Negroni. And then they'll have wine with dinner, and a digestif. After dinner, like a morrow.
0: I want to know more, but I'm going to finish this cocktail. Okay. Okay. And then the
1: last thing you're going to
0: do is measure one ounce of the
1: sweet vermouth.
2: Right.
1: And also, um, that vermouth is the Vermouth di Torino. It is an Italian sweet vermouth.
0: And it smells amazing. I love vermouth. Sometimes I just want all vermouth, but I will... Look, I've already done like a way heavier pour. No, no, that's
1: perfect. You're fine. Okay. Here we go okay perfect Ooh. so now you're gonna add now once you've assembled all of your ingredients into the mixing pitcher then you add ice after is there a, a secret here no just add just... ice make sure it covers just like a, a good handful of ice make sure it covers all the liquid okay. don't be afraid you're good is that about right or more, a little more w- uh, I would say about maybe That's maybe add like eight more
0: ice cubes okay so a lot. Yeah. These are not little little hands little hand, handfuls that she's talking about. How's that? That's perfect.
1: All right. Okay, so you're going to take your mixing spoon. And you're going to mix it. So it's a it. big old long spoon. Any tricks to to mixing this? Yes. Here. All right, show so, me. if you kind of take this between your two fingers right here and make sure the spoon goes on the bottom. Oh, okay.
0: I done this thing okay i think maybe i take this for granted because i've done it so many times this is not natural ad- okay there you go i feel yeah but there you go
1: okay that so my for for drinks that are served on ice cubes Um, you should under-dilute it. So it's not going to be perfect dilution because there's going to be ice in the glass. that's going to dilute it a little further. And if you have too much water in there, it's going to be really watery. Okay. So if you take one of these big king cubes, they're inch by inch by inch, Okay. and put it into the glass. And then take one of the strainers. Okay, these things scare me. Yes. And then put it on top of the mixing pitcher where you just mixed your cocktail. All right. There you go. Is that it? Yep. And then just pour pour it right on over.
0: Well, it looks delicious. There you go. All right,
1: you can put the whole thing in there. Okay, perfect. And then I'm gonna garnish it with an orange peel. Kind of express the orange on there, and then into the glass. And voila, your first Negroni. Woo! Cheers. I feel like you did the
0: pretty part. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a sip. You of that. should. Here. Oh my god, it's so good. It's actually really, really good. Oh. I'm gonna stop drinking it. Oh. Shanna, it's like when you're making it, you're like, okay, yeah, one, one, one. stir. But it's like, there's more to this. There's some alchemy in here. So,
1: good work, Christina.
0: Awesome. So, the moral of the story is, if I can make one, you can make one too. So you should.
1: We hope that we've inspired you to sip a Negroni, especially in time for Negroni Week, which is from June 5th to 11th at bars around the country. And Bybe Magazine launched this in 2013 as a celebration for the cocktail and uses it as an effort to raise money for charities around the world.
0: In honor of our very first prefix pop-up, go drink a Negroni. It's for a good cause. And with that, thank you for joining us. We'll be back next month with a pop-up on cookbooks. Until then, cheers. cheers.